Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, let's get after it, everybody. Welcome in. This is the One Man's Opinion podcast, the podcast that continues to sweep the nation. That is right. Boy, episode, what is this, 193? How many episodes? Uh, it just feels like yesterday I started this podcast. And as a little passion project, basically right at the start of the pandemic, right? Just getting some content out there. And, you know, we're almost 200 episodes in. Want to thank each and every one of you for listening in. Thank you for making this show part of your regular activity. Thank you for downloading, liking, subscribing, favoriting, all of that good stuff. Because uh, that's the... That's the universe. That's what we need in the podcasting landscape, right? So that's what um, feeds the bulldog, as my old man would say back in the day. My name is Jeff Manns. In case you're listening for the first time, thank you. Welcome in. By the way, there are 192 other episodes. You go back and listen. I was talking to some folks earlier this week that said they, were, they went back and they're like, well, instead of go all the way back to episode one, that's where I basically stood. I told you everything I am from religion to politics to like all that stuff. Right. And I, I went through that right away and set the tone for what would be the one man's opinion podcast. But you could hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio channel 87 on your Sirius XM dial. I host a show called elite sports three to 5 PM Eastern time every weekday on that network and uh big announcements coming as far as that is concerned we are uh good times this off season off season it's no off season in the fantasy world i'm doing nba major league baseball all of it is going on right now so that's uh exciting and i got we got some big news coming down the pike maybe it involves me maybe it doesn't involve me maybe other people from fantasyguru.com perhaps we shall see but uh anyway that's the show you hear me on on the weekdays uh you find me over at fantasyguru.com i am part owner and the chief content officer of fantasyguru.com we are the largest active fantasy community in the world so uh, if you're looking for leagues you're looking for love in all the wrong places you know that's what we are all about a bunch of like-minded souls, football, baseball, hockey, basketball, college sports, PGA, NASCAR, uh, baseball, every single sport on the landscape. We cover it, poker, horse racing. I mean, man, we there's nothing we don't do over at fantasyguru.com. And the best part about our community is that we want to win. We like winning leagues and drafts and money. And that's a big part of what we do. We're not just sitting there saying, oh, yeah, that's a good player. That's a bad play. Just because we're doing it in the context of how do you win and winning every single freaking night. So that is what we are about. Get over to fantasyguru.com. And I just I got the promo code. Ted finally broke the seal. 40% off of any package at fantasyguru.com. That includes upgrades. If you're a an NFL subscriber or member and you want to upgrade to the all-in, you want to upgrade to the MVP package that is basketball, college, NBA, college basketball, and hockey. If you want to get that MVP package or whatever it is, the promo code is 40BM, 
four zero B is in boy, M is in Mary. That is the promo code. That's 40% off of anything right now over at fantasyguru.com. And like I said, winning it, trying to win. I'm in the middle of uh, tonight's gone very well as I record this for the, my NBA bets. But uh, full disclosure, as always, on one man's opinion, I had been struggling at NBA up until tonight. Tonight's looking pretty damn good. And we're learning every day. We're getting better. And I think I was down four units uh, on the season going into tonight. So, uh, and a lot of that is in like the last three days. They had three straight losing days. So, yeah, that's it. But you, hopefully get me on the upswing. I'm going to be there regardless every freaking night. Speaking of which, this is an uncensored podcast. I will say the dirty words. I'm going to talk about topics that maybe hurt your precious little pearls and your sensitive skins. I'm going to upset some of you people. That's fine, right? So if that's not for you, if you are the clutch the pearls type of person, if you think you're going to write an angry letter, there's nobody to write an angry letter to. It's me. Hi. I declare Jeff Bads is a bad person. Okay, I will file that under. I don't give a fuck. How about that? That's what I'm going to file it under. So, uh, yeah, that's why I do the podcast. That's why I don't take on advertisers. You know, that's why I have sort of, I don't take on advertising. They come, we just turned a couple away recently and no offense to anybody or any organization. Uh, the right fits will always be welcomed. I always like to have advertisers. I mean, fuck, why not? Right? Of course we would like that, but it has to be the right fit. And I'm not just going to pretend to like something. Ugh. Eat liver. Ah. Liver sausage. I don't mind liver. I like liver sausage. Anybody ever grow up with liver sausage, by the way? I didn't like liver, but my mom would make liver back in the day, but I liked the liver sausage, the spread, toast the piece of bread, put the liver sausage on there. You guys ever do that? Nobody does that anymore. I can't remember last time I did that. Just popped into my mind. Anyway, 40 p.m. over at fantasyguru.com. Uh, and come join. I'm talking NBA literally moments before going live here on this podcast, on this episode. Just get over there and check it out. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads, and Blue Sky if you have either one of those. We got a lot to talk about. This is not the Super Bowl show. I will dalliance around Super Bowl 58, talking about it. Congratulations, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, making it to the Super Bowls. feel like we congratulate the Chiefs every year because they go every year, and this is not a new occurrence. So uh, but I'm going to recap those games. You know, you may have heard it on SiriusXM if you guys are regular listeners over there, or you've, you've had my thoughts on it so far. But I'll, the only thing I'll say that will be different is you'll get the unfiltered thoughts. So, you know, I won't pull the punches. I'll tell you exactly what I fucking think about Lamar Jackson cocking it up and, you know, all Dan Campbell being a fucking meathead and all that stuff. So I'll talk about that on the show today. Also on this episode, uh, so I'll recap AFC and NFC championship games. I want to talk a little bit of NBA betting because that's foremost on my mind. You know, I've, I've been on, I've been doing NBA, you know, two, two seasons now, at least put my content. It's the newest form of betting or playing i guess that i have i've been uh, for those who don't know my background again go listen to those podcasts but i've been playing fantasy sports uh since 1988 all right i've played in leagues since 1989 
I've played in every league, highest to the lowest, DFS. I've bet on sports since the early 2000s. Yes, back in the bookie days. Yes, then offshore. Yes, now legalized uh, here where I live in Arizona. You know, I've, I've done all of that. I covered. I have was a journalism major in school. Uh, I had switched to uh, computer science in order to get my degree, but I was a journalism major for most of my time. And that was, uh, but I had to graduate. I had an illness, blah, blah, blah. But I covered women's soccer. I covered the lacrosse team. I covered, uh, eventually I got the men's basketball uh, job as well. So I covered that. I was professional stringer for the Daily Herald over in Chicago, Illinois, covering the White Sox, uh, not really. I mean, that was the stringer I reported to the reporter and all that. So I've done these jobs, right? I followed these sports. I'm not just off the street. Kind of like playing fantasy. No, not. I do love playing fantasy. I am that guy, I suppose. But yeah, I've done this professionally at 14th year on national airwaves. Uh, I've owned sites since 2005, been in the fantasy sports community and industry since 2005. So, but I was out on basketball, Tim Donaghy. I was out. I was just fucking out. And I love basketball. I mean, I grew up in a city with Michael Jordan. I mean, I literally, that's the greatest. When I look back at it, I had the greatest childhood. You could buy the eighties, the 1980s, early 90s, Chicago Bears. I had some real fun White Sox teams in the 83. And then Jack McDowell, Robin Ventura, Frank Thomas of the mid 90s, 92, 93, 94, the strike happened. And then I had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Steve Kerr, Bill Cartwright, Dennis Rodman. I had the, I, I mean, I, I'm very lucky in that regard and to follow Jordan's career, Denny Savard and fucking Jeremy Roenick and Chelios and uh, just Eddie Belfour, you know, for the, the Chicago Blackhawks, a great sports time. So I've been fused with it. I loved the game of basketball. I played basketball my entire life. And then I, I started realizing it. Like, it, it, I had a transformation in the early two thousands when it came, came to sports and that was, I realized like, oh shit, some of this stuff is just bullshit, right? It, it, when you grow up, you believe in the fairy tale a little bit. It's kind of like, a, you know, for women, it's their wedding and relationships. They don't realize like, oh yeah, reality ain't nothing like this, right? Those are, uh, those are different things and problems. And in sports, we, we believe in the fairy tale ourselves, you know, and we think that something's going to be different. And we think that it's all on the up and up. And then you get into a dollar and you realize, oh, half of this is just bullshit. It's just complete and utter bullshit. And you start realizing like you shouldn't believe in it. And like what to believe in, what not to believe in. And I started realizing the NBA, like I realized that I when Jordan was winning championships, I didn't realize how many calls he was getting. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, I didn't get it. It's like, oh, I follow, you know, everyone follows them. I, I thought it was just weird. I thought it was just normal. Teams win at home all the time in the NBA. I thought it was normal that stars always went and shot free throws. And then I started realizing, like, wait a minute, what difference does clapping make? The only thing about being home in the road, yeah, you don't have to travel, right? But you have luxury accommodations anyway. 
in professional sport. What difference does it make? Does it, why do home teams in the NBA win at 80% clips and they lose at 40% clips, you know, on the road or lose 20%, uh, 80% clips on the road? Like why? And I can, I'm exaggerating, but you get it. It didn't make sense. Referees had something to do with it. And then that Tim Donaghy scandal, and I was, I was fucking done. It ruined me for years. I was just against it. Um, always monitored the league. I'd watch the NBA finals. I'd watch some you new know, Kobe Shaq of those era and, and LeBron throughout his career in this, you know, from a distance, but started really getting back into it. Mid 2010s, 2014, 15, 16 dabbled in DFS, did some stuff like that. And it's really been the last four or five years, mostly because my son who's way in the NBA and has it on every single day. And we talk about it and it's just, it's become fun. And quite honestly, it's a good league right now. And I've also made peace with the fact that, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, these games are also heavily orchestrated by referees and umpires and all that. But yeah, you know, and that's what part, that's what makes us so good at what we do over at fantasyguru.com is we get it. We know that the games aren't rigged, but they'll have their foot on the uh, a scale a little bit here and there, right? They have certain, so why don't we just profit from it? And I've learned how to do that. I've learned how to understand that and do better. And I think there's a lot of money to be won. And it's been evident. I was up 36 units, 35 units last year, betting on NBA, my first year actually posting bets. So it is new to me. It is a new activity or new sport that I'm covering, I shall say, but I'm learning and I brought along, there's no, no shock to why I brought Justin Fensterman, who used to be my radio producer, who always would try to get me into the NBA. And we talk basketball behind the scenes constantly. I hired him over when I was at Fantasy Alarm as well. And I always wanted fans. I tried to hire him six times since then. And, you know, he always stayed loyal. I finally got him this year because I think he's one of, if not the best there is at what he does. Analyze basketball, know the game, the history, the current, and he can bet, and he plays DFS and is profitable doing it. So, like, those things are important. And uh, and I bounce ideas off of him, Armando Marcel, who you all know, and is tried and true in basketball and football, and our guys Mike the Beard and Chris Rose and Scotty Bonder. So we have a great NBA team, and I'm very proud of the product we're putting out these days. So it's fun to be able to do that. It's fun to be able to learn from these guys and be a part of that community. I am not the finished product yet, but one thing I don't do is lose. I don't know how else to fucking tell you. I don't lose. Right. I will find a way. Now I will absolutely lose. If you want a snapshot like my last three days, which is have been in the, t in the shitter. Absolutely. But again, it's all about the long haul. It's all about where are you at the end of the year? Where are you in the dust side? Like the NFL season, think about all the overreactions in week two, eight, six, 13. Like who gives a fuck, right? What do we, why did we get so fucking bent out of shape? Think about like chiefs fans and how fucking mad they got at times this year and think about it when they lost three out of five in that stretch after the bye week 
and they they lost the Raiders that week. It's fucking nine and six. Eight and five, nine and six. Right? The Bills were high and mighty after beating the Chiefs in that one game in December. And we're talking like a month ago, folks. A month ago. And here they are, just right back in the Super Bowl. And isn't that what matters? It is. It's what matters. So, again, that's what we're about. And uh, just a little background on NBA. Um, For those looking for NBA tips, like with betting and stuff, I I play DFS too. Um, Our team is way better than I am at DFS NBA. But, again, learning that, understanding, I like the betting side of it. Um, get the game script right. If you get the injuries and the game script right, you are home free, fam. You are good to go. You know, you're just absolutely, uh, you're all set. That's all you need to do because then you know how many minutes these guys are playing. You know the pace that these team, respective teams play. And, and the projection models work very well in this environment, but it do, they don't work if you get that game flow wrong. And some of the things, little tips that I have for you, um, I like betting role players in the regular season. Stars don't play a ton of minutes in the regular season. It's rare. You know, and the only ones that do are young stars, budding superstars that also um, their, their teams are playing for, a playoff spot or you know, playoff positioning where they're constantly foot on the gas. Cause one, the first thing an NBA coach and organization does when they wake up in the morning is, is go through their checklist of why not to play that day. It's fucking ridiculous. It really is, but it is the game. They, they go through it, you know, they, they go through it. And so we, ha- we just have to analyze it and we have to be better at it. I like role players. Simone Fontacecchio, my Italian brother from Utah, is one of my favorite bets. Just won me a bet tonight, right? Guys like, uh, um, yeah, uh, Torian Prince, you know, who better get his points here for me tonight, you know, that should be a, a profitable one. You know, guy who starts, plays about 25 minutes, you know, those those kind of players, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, I can't say Onyeka Ogankwo is another player. He's a backup center, but Clint Capella is broken down ahead of him. So I bet on this guy a lot. Get, again, he gets about 25 minutes a game. About, he plays the same as the starter, Clint Capella. But he usually rebounds better. Although he might fuck me tonight. Let's be, I'm looking at it now, just four fucking rebounds. Motherfucker, I need two more. Let's go. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like those role players are where the money is. Or if you want to bet on stars, the playoffs is where you bet on the stars. I learned that the hard way. I gave a lot back last year in the playoffs, at least the start of the playoffs, because I didn't re- I was going the same thing I was doing during the regular season, thinking disco lasted forever, and I was wrong. And I caught on eventually and, and got the ship righted. But also big games, primetime games. If the ABC network is featuring a game on a Saturday night, the stars are going to fucking play. TNT's got the big game on a Tuesday night or whatever. Stars are going to play, and they're going to play hard. You're not going to get a lot of rest there. You know, LeBron James played 38 minutes 
against the Hawks tonight, and they were down 20 most of the way, which is, you know, telling. You don't get that very often. But again, he came damn close to triple-double, dude, 29 and 8. Anyway, so uh, those are the tips that I have. Wait, you got the, the most important thing about NBA Benny, got to wait to right before tip-off. You got to be willing to put in that bet with five minutes to go, right? You don't want to bet too soon. You don't want to bet early in the day. You don't want to bet, you know, an hour before because shit changes. It does. And that's why we've got three members of our team in our NBA rooms at all times, all the way through lined up block. And even, and when I'm on the radio show, when I'm off the radio show, I jump in. So when the games are going on and those, those West coast game news comes out, I'm your guy. Fenstie's your guy. We're, we're in those rooms making sure you guys are covered. And that's huge, right? So, and those low-end players with low pr player props, you need over six points, need over eight points. Like, those are beauties to bet. That's where the money's won. Because when you're betting over 27 and a half, even though it's a star player, fuck, man, they don't get that to late. I mean, the earliest is early fourth quarter, late fourth quarter. You have to sweat that shit out way late. You hit on the right role player. You will, like Fontacecchio today, he was technically a starter guy. I was betting two weeks ago before he cracked the lineup, and like he's seven and a half points. He had fucking, he had, when I started recording this, he had nine. It was the second quarter. It's like, dude, that's such an easy fucking win. He had 14 tonight. You know, he's at 14 right now. The game's still going. So you see what I'm saying? Like, that's how you do it. All right. Let's dive in. It's football time. Let's go. Uh, by the way, I'm doing a Ask Man's Anything little uh, at this show. I asked people in the Man's Cave Discord room over at fantasyguru.com. And boy, they uh, have hundreds of questions uh, here today. So I'm going to get to as many of those as I can. Chiefs Ravens re recap. Listen, I've talked about it over and over. Uh uh, is Patrick Mahomes the greatest quarterback ever? He he has officially entered that arena. It's unfair to give him that. I don't like when people do this. I get it. They do it for clicks. They do it for video hits or whatever. I, I understand that. And quite honestly, like I, t I talked about it the other day. You know, I talked about it on uh, on the SiriusXM show. Like I, I talked about that as well. Like I talked about uh, is Mahomes the greatest ever, and I said he's in the arena. The thing is, when we do that, we we we're not being fair to Brady or Manning or fucking Fran Tarkenton or J uh, Joe Montana, you guys who did over long periods of time. I don't like that because it's not true. Mahomes is not the best ever until he is. At this pace, absolutely. But how can you lodge? You can't put him ahead of Peyton Manning right now. He's not close in any category. We wins. We, we, Super Bowl. He's not close in wins. All right. Let's be honest with you right now. He's not that close in wins, but he is close in like Super Bowls. I mean, he's got more than fucking Manning at this point, right? It's, it's not a quarterback thing. I know we say it is. I know, I know, but it's not. Let's face it. We just have to face the facts. He's got a great team. He's got a great coach and all that. And if he ends up, think about it. 
Patrick Mahomes should play 15 plus years, correct? He plays 15 plus years at this rate. He'll go to what? Nine, 10, 11. At this pace, he'll go to fucking 12 Super Bowls, which is disgusting. I mean, obviously at that point, it won't be a discussion. Of course, he'll be the greatest ever. But right now, you know, he's not. He's just not. He could have, he's the best five-year quarterback we've ever seen. Five-year stretch, six-year stretch. I think that's very fair. And I think people would agree with it. But we got to give the longevity. You got to stay in the game to get there. You know, you just have to. Because you have no fucking idea what can happen on a dime. You know, seriously. Like, if I asked you the question, who has more career wins? Um, I don't fucking know. Patrick Mahomes or uh, Boomer Esiason? Boomer, Boomer won an MVP, won a Super Bowl, right? Who has more wins? Boomer Esiason. He is 80. And Mahomes has 74 wins. Dak Prescott, by the way, has 73 wins. Man, who's been in the league longer? Well, right. But I thought that's where we're going. We're just talking about wins. No? Okay. But I mean, okay, so Mahomes has 74 wins. Matt Stafford, who played, whose career winning percentage is under 500, has 98. So that at least two full seasons, if not really three seasons, before he catches Stafford, for crying out loud before he passes Aikman and Steve Young. He's got another fourth or fifth season before he gets to Alex Smith, his predecessor, or Drew Bledsoe or Jim Kelly, right? Six seasons before he gets to Russell Wilson, Joe Montana, Eli Manning. Do you know how many wins Peyton Manning has? Peyton Manning has 186. Do you know how many Tom Brady has? Tom Brady is 251. So Mahomes has to do everything he's done in these six years, and he has to triple it. He has to triple that. Oof. <laughs> Again, that's why we don't say this shit prematurely, right? But listen, he's amazing. And what they did accomplishing this, getting the Super Bowl is fucking astounding. I think it's fair to say, is Lamar Jackson going to win a Super Bowl? I'll tell you. As I watched that game on Sunday, it was pretty obvious to me that probably not. Now, the problem Lamar has and the Ravens have is, like again, they've had two seasons now. Two. It's not just one time. You have to seize your moment, like Eminem saying over and over, and the Lions didn't do it, and I'll get to them in a second. But the Baltimore Ravens were 13 and four this year. We take you back to uh, 2019. They were 14 and two. All right, they just fucking breezed through the NFL. They were two and two in that season, and then turned on the Jets and won 12 straight games and got first seed, first round by, hosted the Tennessee Titans the divisional round and got their asses kicked in Baltimore. That was one of the greatest seasons from a quarterback in history. Lamar Jackson, he threw for 3,100 yards, 66% completions, 36 touchdowns, just six interceptions. That's a 113.3 quarterback rating. 
8.19 average net yards per attempt. Now remember, anything over seven is elite. 8.19. They won 14 games that year. Oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson rushed for 1,200 yards and seven more touchdowns. That's an MVP season. That's an MVP. He dominated. 14 wins. First fucking playoff game, boom. And just lose like a kill, 28 to 12. Let me ask you a question. Were the Ravens ever in that game Sunday? You can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm shaking my head no. No fucking way. They were never in it. Not for a minute. They, the Ravens were not competitive for a fucking minute of that game. And that's just wild. Well, you know, they got the touchdown, right? They answered the Chiefs. Well, yes, they did. But, uh, you know, they also had the ball first and went three and out. So, yeah, they answered the touchdown, which was cool. But that was it. They had no other offense. It was a terrible job by Todd Monken. You know, my producer, Phil Backer, and I disagree on this all the time. And um, I'm right. Now, I know I'm sorry. I, just, I hate to be. I don't want to be. I feel like a lunatic because other, the only thing I'm interested why don't other people see it? Like, this isn't any better. Lamar Jackson's not better this year than he was. There's, if he's going to win his second MVP, put the numbers side by side, 2023 and 2019. And it's not fucking close. He was better in 2019. Now, is it more exciting because they won a playoff game? They played the Houston Texans. And are we going to forget it was 10 to 10 at halftime? Are we going to just forget that part? Okay. So what I'm saying is, and at no point in the Kansas City game and the AFC Championship did Lamar Jackson ever, I mean, you you saw it in Mahomes, you saw it in Kelsey, you saw it in Andy Reid, you saw it in their eyes. You You just knew they were confident. They knew what to do. When to do it? Lamar had no fucking idea. He, you would have thought this was a preseason game or like week five. And great, that can be charming to play like it's any other game. But as Dan Campbell will learn in Detroit hours after the Ravens and Chiefs are done, that you can't do that. You have to be, we, you know, I'm a big histor- history buff and historian, right? I love history, history of sports, history of the world, history of our country. I love American history. Guys like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, they were the right people at the most critical time. You can give them all the credit in the world, and they deserve it. But I, somebody who's open-minded, I give the American people credit for finding these guys because none of them like Washington wasn't anything. He really wasn't. He was tall for his day. That's it. Lincoln was an absolute fucking farmhand out in the fucking sticks of Illinois. Nobody gave a shit about Abraham Lincoln. Franklin Delano Roosevelt held a good name, but he hadn't done shit. Secretary of like the Navy or whatever he was. He didn't like it wasn't. We found these fucks. The times find you or the people find you. And guys like Mahomes just rise up and they seize it and take it. And Lamar Jackson never showed it. Just never did. Guys like Montana, rise up, take it. And the problem that I have now with Lamar Jackson 
is just a massive amount of contract that the uh, Ravens have taken on with Lamar. You know what I mean? Like it's just a massive amount of money that they're going to have to pay. And because of that, it is going to be very hard to build a team, a 13, 14 win team around him. You know, it, it just is his salary in 2024 or this year, by the way, so just so we're aware, like his salary was 22,000 or 22,000, 22 million. Okay. Next year, 38 million. Ooh. <laughs> okay. 56,000, uh, 56 million actually in total cash, if I'm seeing this right. And then the following year, is salary is cap hit, which is really what's most important. Takes 43, almost $44 million. And then 2026, that number is $75 million fucking dollars. How are you going to build an unbelievable offensive line? How are you going to build a team like they have now? How are you going to pay? You can't. So, and then factor this in. Holmes ain't going anywhere. The, what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing, the most impressive thing is they're doing this while Patrick Mahomes is making a shit ton of money. He is off of his rookie deal, everybody. Like, that's absolutely, positively insane. His cap hit this year is $57 million, all right? Guess where it goes next year? Actually, it's at 57 next year. Then it goes to 60, then 63, but then 59, then it goes down 27, 34. Like it goes down. These were the years that he was supposed to dip. These were the years they weren't supposed to be competitive. They can't afford other players. As he gets older now, and mom's what, 28 years old? Will be 29 next year. If he's still a highly competitive player, Next year, and they draft well, get these guys like Rasheed Rice and Pacheco and recycle them. And you're going to get veterans now that want to play for the league minimum in order to try to win a championship. You're going to get that at this stage for him. How the fuck are you going to beat the Chiefs? You can't beat them this year? How the fuck are you going to beat them down the road? And then Joe Burrow is going to be back. Josh Allen ain't going anywhere. Jim Harbaugh just went to L.A. with the Chargers. What the fuck are you going to do about that? Aaron Rodgers is back with the Jets. Mike McDaniel in Miami is an offense that is, creates headaches for any defense. Cleveland Browns are smash mouth with an immense offensive line. They're going to get their quarterback back this season. The Texans built young and around C.J. Stroud that had you tied at halftime in the divisional round. Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis is young and sprightly. Trevor Lawrence is around Jacksonville. If he's ever going to evolve, that's dangerous. Sean Payton is in the division with the Chiefs now, along with Jim Harbaugh. That's going to be a fun, that's so much fun, that division. Like how, you think you're just going to, you're not waltzing back to playoff. And the other thing, Lamar Jackson, his biggest problem is his legs. 
Lamar's only 27 years old. Just turned 27. Right? He's going to play this year as age 27. Not bad. But at some point, he missed uh, the games the last two years. I think he's 12 games the last two years, so he missed four and five games. Last two years, quarter of the season. I think it's rushing yards are going to go up or down. Obviously going to go down. Look at what he did. Look at the numbers. Running the football. Ran for 1,200 yards in that MVP season, 14-1 season 2019. Then 1,000, then 760, then 760. 821 in a full season this year. It's not going to keep going up, but he's going to have to rely on his pat. And the whole mix is terrible. This was it for the Ravens. They'll have one more year, one more go next year, but it's just the, the, the hill is that much bigger. And are we, do we know Lamar's going to be better? He's going to somehow find it. Maybe Mahomes has an injury next year or something, and you know Burrow doesn't rise up, and Allen doesn't get restocked. Maybe, but I don't like those chances. NFC Championship game, I've just blitzkrieg Dan Campbell. He's a fucking ape. He's a meathead. You know the thing about it. Don't let anybody ever tell you it's just math. Don't. That's a condescending bullshit thing. That. They don't understand themselves. No, fuckface. Do you know what math is? You fucking idiot. Math is four plus four equals eight. Never in the fucking lifetime has four plus four not been eight. What's nine divided by three? It's three, right? What a math equation doesn't fucking change you assholes. Analytics, which you use math to get to the number, but these numbers, the the percentage it takes, the the let's say the touch the successful rate, which people the analytics community likes to. And again, I'm not anti-analytics. I just don't think I shouldn't say think. I know they don't mean what these people want you to think they mean. Did you know? Two years ago, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, three years ago, well, actually almost four years ago, 2021 at the start of the 21 season. So we've had three seasons. So it's three seasons ago. That the success rate, the conversion rate on fourth and one was actually lower. It was 62.8 percent. Now it's uh it's 65.5. That the Eagles really fucking moved that rate up this year, just so you know. But the real number is how about fourth and two? This year, 57.2. Three years ago, fourth and two. It was 58.1. How about fourth and three? Oh, wait. Does that ring a bell, Lions fans? Fourth and three, does that remind you of anything? Three seasons ago, the success rate was 48.6. This season, 47.4. Not drastic fallbacks. And again, this is only taking data 
since the 2013 season. It goes back a lot further, this game. It's not math. This is a sliding scale that's ever, it's always moving. And the more Detroit wants to fuck up on fourth downs, the more those numbers and the success rate, the less people will end up doing this in the future. That's what's happening. So think about how dumb it is to be so boisterous about the right and the wrongs of this moment when in four more years, when you go back and see, was it the right thing? You'll say, oh yeah, that wasn't a good thing. Oh, well, we've learned over the last three years that it's not a good idea, that taking points indeed does win games. I'm not saying you should always do it. I'm not saying you even should mostly do it. I'm saying when you can tie the game, this is an elimination, asshole. There, You have to play different in an elimination game. You fucking mongrel. Unbelievable. I cannot believe 24 to 7 they lose that game. When they could have, it could have been 27 to 10. Three scores. Then whole thing changes. You go back down, kick another field goal. I said this on XM. I'll say it again. If the lion, if I'm the coach, this is why you don't want to compete against me. I'm fucking ruthless. I'm fucking ruthless. I will not give you one chance. I'm not going to go for a hundred point win. Hundred point wins don't matter to me. I don't need to be. I don't need to run away with everything. But I need to pave my road. I need to make sure that I'm going to, I'll strangle you the fuck out. I'll let you, I took judo in high school. I'll let you fall on yourself. I'll use your momentum against you. That's why I play DFS's cash games. Everybody else swinging for this big fucking fence. I just take 50%, 50%, 50%, double up, double up, double up. Every time. If you start that second half for the Detroit Lions, and you are up 24 to 10, right? Three scores. or th- I'm sorry, 24-7, you're up three scores, right? To start. I know all I need, the absolute minimum I need, is if I kick three more field goals in this game, right? That's all I need to do. I will have the 49ers on the ropes. They will have to decide to go for two or not go for two. It's all I would have had to do. And even after they kick the field goal, 24, 10, get all you you do. You want to keep trading points. They got three. You get three points in time. They would have needed five possessions, five extra possessions to make up that difference. From the start, from the halftime score, 24-7. They're not going to outpossess you. They get the ball, so they're going to be up one at least. And then, yes, you gave up the ball with the fucking fumble, which, by the way, I mean, are we not? Jameer Gibbs had an easy walk-in touchdown. He slips, and then he fumbles the ball away. Are we sure he didn't have money on the 49ers? Are we still just sold that, you know, no problemo at all with Jameer Gibbs? Because he's fast and elusive, that was that still a great thing to let, get rid of DeAndre Swift? 
not draft Jalen Carter. That's still genius. I don't see it. But again, this is what losing mentality, losing organization, losing players do. They make excuses and say it's okay to lose. I just don't buy into it. I just don't buy into it. All right, let's do some Ask Man's Anything, the Discord room. This could be a lot more fun uh, in that. And by the way, my uh, early, you want to talk about early Super Bowl 58 uh, thoughts here? Uh, I will not bet against Patrick Mahomes. I will. I said it the last two weeks, Buffalo and Baltimore. I'm taking the points with Kansas City, always and forever. I told you before the NFC Championship game. Kyle Shanahan is the absolute top of the iceberg and choke artists. He is the chokey McChokenstein. The Chiefs are going to win this game. And I will bet points, right? I'm absolutely going to take. You're giving, right now as I record, is three and a half points for the Chiefs. By the way, I can't, uh, how does this line not move? Or I'm sorry, it's a point and a half in favor of 49ers, my bet. So we're getting a point and a half with the Chiefs. How in the world, see, this will change. Because there's no way uh, that the betting public will put their money on the Kyle Shannon and the 49ers more than the Chiefs. There's just no way. It's going to be overwhelming. So like the plus, uh, Chiefs plus three and a half is only minus 150 right now. I, I can't. I couldn't not do that. I just simply couldn't do it. So there you go. All right, ask man's anything. Coaching hires. Why no Belichick, Rabel, Alex Andrews asks this in the Man's Cave Discord room over at fantasyguru.com. Uh, I think Raheem Morris is terrible. Canella's terrible. These are terrible hiring. I think people fire their coaches. It's kind of like, Every Sunday night and Monday when fantasy owners tell me they're going to bench Javante Williams and Najee Harris, and I say, okay, good. For who? I don't care. Anybody. There is no nobody else. That's the problem. That's cutting, get rid of a coach just to get rid of a coach. Not a great idea unless you have somebody, a viable replacement. These are absolute random guys. I can't believe Rabel doesn't have a job. I don't know why Belichick's not hired. I, it's the most perplexing thing ever. Something happened with Rabel. Nobody's talking about that situation. I wouldn't doubt if Belichick went to Seattle. Bel- think about this, though. Bill Belichick's too old. He is too old right now. All Belichick is even doing, the only reason he's still going to coach. Well, number one, I don't think he would know what to do with himself. I really don't. He's 71 years old. He's going to be 72 in April. You know? 72. So, he needs to break George Hallis' record of the most wins by an NFL coach. That's what he needs to do. And that's what he is going towards. That's what he's going to continue to strive for. That's what he's going to continue to coach for, you know, and that's why he's going to, he's got to find a job. I don't think he really cares. He doesn't need that many. 
So I think that's part of the, the reason he's going to find a way. He doesn't have all the time in the world. I think everybody kind of gets that. So I wouldn't be surprised. I Washington makes the most sense. I, it's hard to see him out West. It's like impossible to see Bill Belichick on the West coast. Just doesn't, doesn't see Seattle would be a nightmare probably for him. Maybe he just ends up in Washington. Maybe that's just what they do. Remember Vince Lombardi ended his career passed away. Sadly, in Washington as the then Redskins head coach, you know, um, so that that is something to look for. I, I wouldn't doubt. I don't think he's going to not have a job. You know, I just don't think he's going to. Yeah, he's got 26 more wins he needs. So, again, that's about four seasons of at least like at least three seasons of solid football, eight, nine win seasons. Four if he's bad, but he just needs those years. Man, I, he's going to do it. It's Don Shula, not George Hallis. My bad on that. Um, common mistakes from first-time bettors. Betting too much. We're seeing that in our NBA Discord. We were just talking about, I was just talking about that moments ago. You just, you know, don't bet. It's not about, if you're starting out betting, you're starting out betting in a new sport or whatever. It's not about the money. Jeff, it's always about, it's not. Here's what I would, anybody, any occupation, whatever you guys do for a living, I'd say 90% of you, because there's always like, I'm a cashier and that's that. But I would argue even the cashier at a gas station or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, Everything matters and everybody could do their job better. The you should always worry about doing your job better first. Do your job well, the money will follow you. I've told the story before. I didn't get paid to do the radio show on Sirius XM for 10 years, nine years, eight years. I think it may be eight years. Actually, probably six years. And then I got like when FanDuel, FanDuel paid me to do their, um, the FanDuel Daily Show, right? And no, it's not. I didn't show any favorites. It was a FanDuel show, so we only used their prices, but it was a DFS show. But I got paid because that sponsorship, right? So I didn't get paid for anything. And I never did. And it was, it was legitimately never the concern. I never had that concern. I always wanted money. I need money. I have three kids. I have so many liabilities, so many. I, I do need money desperately, just like everybody. But my concern was airtime, getting on the air, getting, I needed to do reps. I needed to build the biceps. I needed to do curls. I needed to get better. There's so many instances Arizona Fall Leagues and live draft events and FSGA events where I was in over my head. I had no confidence I could pull that off. I had none of it. It's a live audience, moving parts, program directors, producers in your ear, guests in and out, the technology failing, you know, all, not having access to notes or, or sheets or anything. Like all these things happen and it's overwhelming and it's, it's brutal. And if I would have been concerned about how much I was making at those times, I would have never made it this far. At this point in my career, you can't put me in a situation where I'm not comfortable on air. It's impossible. 
right? It is literally an impossibility. I'm always in control. I know exactly where I want to go. It doesn't matter. The timing moves. Everything's still moving, but it's it's just like somebody hitting a fastball. It's like it's hard when you first start out, and you know eventually you take so many swings, you know exactly where you need to put the barrel and what part of the zone, and you know where the ball's gonna go. And now when I broadcast, I command a pretty good salary, but I'm good at it. We always, uh, human beings, human nature wants us to put the cart before the horse. We want to get paid to do a job. We think that the pay, the, the pay comes from doing the job. The pay isn't at the high end of the spectrum. If, even CEOs, your CEO of IBM or something, your pay has nothing to do with your, well, he doesn't even come into work. Your pay is not about the work you're doing now. It's about you moving all the way up. It's about what you've already done. It's the back pay for all the years that you were underpaid. If you just look at your job like that and understand that if you bring, if you're, you are a cashier at a gas station and you're really good at upselling the gum on the register and the magazines and shit, the, the business has more money to give you more money. And thus, the more successful your gas station is because you did a job very, very well, and you told everybody about the special on windshield wipers and, you know, the premium really helps your, you, you know, your fuel injectors and all this. If you do that job really, really well, you will bring more into the business and you will get more out of it. You will get a more return. And eventually you're the manager and then you're, you know, so much and you're so good at you understanding the ins and outs and, you know, where all your vendors come from. And then you own a gas station, then you own a chain, then you have franchises. And now you're the fucking CEO and you get paid a healthy salary for them to do the work. That's the fucking game, people. That's the game. Favorite breakout candidates next year? Oh, G-Bro, my guy. Uh, S I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors. Those are my favorites receivers. Um, I like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, in that system with Anthony Richardson, you know, there's so many player movements that it worries me. You know, um, I think that I'm very interested to see like a Jaden Reed. He broke out this year, of course, but it's like, you know, I, I think that could be a special relationship between Reed and Jordan Love for years to come. I like that one. Um, I, you know, Najee Harris, now that Arthur Smith is there, I know we hate Arthur Smith, and rightfully so. But he's going to run the shit out of the football. So I like that. Um, hmm. Other, like, breakout candidates that aren't... I'm trying not to do the obvious thing and say all the rookies, right? Because that's really what I like. And, I mean, that's... My mind is at so hard right now. Like, I... Just, all the rookies, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Drake May. Yeah, there's some good running backs. Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. That was uh, B. John's replacement. Uh, Blake Corum, we saw a national championship game. A little undersized for my liking, but still very solid. Ray Davis, another Kentucky running back that just, just kind of has all the polish. You know, just weird how they that works. Right? That they just, these, these guys, if you're looking for another Derrick Henry, Braylon Allen. Uh, running back. There's there's guys coming out. Um, 
we got to, you know, those are my breakouts. I don't think I have, I want to see who's going to be starting running back in Philadelphia, right? That's something that I'm interested in. Who's going to be the um, second? Oh, I'll give it Jalen Waddle. I mean, look, one thing that goes unnoticed with Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill never stays healthy. He cramps up in the hot summer in Miami, and then he breaks down late with heavy. Plus, he's, a, he's got trouble off the field all the time. Jalen Waddell next year, it's going to be one of my favorite, like, fourth-round wide receivers. That no-man's land where it's like, eh, I guess I'll get this guy. And I normally don't like number twos on a team, but that's one that I'm circling this year. Uh, any other core principles that apply to successful DFS lineups across all sports? Uh, yeah, I mean, principles of bankroll management, contest selection, you know, give yourself the best opportunity to win. But as far as building a lineup, find players that do multiple things. So in football, uh, pass catching running backs, they if they are going to run the ball 12 to 15 times, but also catch four or five passes, all those extra yards, the points per reception, obviously, is very helpful. At quarterback, guys that can throw and will throw, but also could run. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Fields. Those Debo Samuel at the wide receiver position. Yeah, maybe he's getting he's only three for 38, but then he's got two for 27 running the football, and that helps your bottom side. Guys on an NBA constantly, players that can um Players that will light up the stat sheet, guys that get points, rebounds, assists that are on the floor a lot that will impact the game in multiple ways. You get points for all of it. That's the diversity of lineup building is the most important singular thing, I think, in, in lineup building. Bankroll management for tournament selection. Don't lose all your money. DFS Marlins, my guy, Mark Hogan, uh, one of my favorite guys, full United football coverage over at fantasyguru.com. Mark's a big part of what we do there. Patio Joe, uh, Jorge Pucks. Man, we will have full coverage this uh, United Football League that is starting soon, starting this month or February, actually. So that's going to be great. So uh, love that. Bankroll management tournament selection, best chance to win. All you do, go through the tournaments, do the amount of entries, total entries, and the amount of winning spots. And divide that into a number. There's your math for all the analytic nerds. And the highest one, when you get a 28.2, that's a really good contest. Right? Those are the ones that you want. What is your favorite way to watch the Super Bowl at home? Oh, home. I have been to one Super Bowl. That was the Ravens 49ers. Well, that's 14 or 12 years ago. Shit. In Louisiana. It's the only Super Bowl I've attended in person. I've gone to them. I think I've gone to eight or nine. But I will never stay for the game. I've been offered tickets and I could have bought tickets and they they give I could go and press box because of my passes and stuff. I'd never go. I like to be at home. Football for the most part, football is a television sport. Right? It's it's something to do there. And I love uh, I mean, my kids get into it, my wife gets into it. I mean, we have pools and games. I do a thing called the ultimate pool, you know. Uh, I love that um, where we bet a bunch of different like props and stuff. And we all guess we got people that know football 
like myself and, and a bunch of my friends that come over and we have family members and even my daughters who barely know anything about football, but still fun. And it's still very fair way for them to have fun and win and everything. So um, that's my favorite way to watch the game. Bias Raider man asking what curious my take on Tom Telesco seemed to build a decent roster. Great roster. I like it. And um, in Las Vegas, I, I like what he's done. Uh, in LA with the chargers. And now he gets a chance to do it in a known division within the same division. So um, what teams and coaching staffs, front office, biggest blows, biggest gains thus far. Shit. Uh, um, I don't like, I like the chargers and I like the, the, um, I like the chargers. That's why I think that the Carolina got a good GM which is a nice thing for them. I hate Tennessee's plays. I hate Atlanta's plays. I don't, I like Tom Telesco. And I, I like what the Raiders did, I suppose. I don't like what New England did. I don't I don't like the coach Carolina went with. I don't like a lot. Of, I think the Chargers are the clear winner with Jim Harbaugh. Just an unbelievable addition to a team already loaded. Impact of Ben Johnson staying in Detroit. Uh, continuity's great. You know, Callahan finally left the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals folks have had the exact same coaching staff. When I, I'm saying every, you don't think that's important. I write it in my coaching breakdowns in my draft guide at fantasyguru.com every year. It's so important. Their continuity has been fantastic. And they finally lost Brian Callahan for the first time. One of their coaches left, took a, the head coaching job in, uh, in Tennessee. And that, again, I don't love that at all. Um, for, I don't love it for him. I don't love it for the Titans. It's fine, but I don't think it's a world beating type of hire either. Uh, good luck getting a Joe Burrow. That's all I got to say about that. So I think it's good. You know, I, I think that's a very solid move for Detroit keeping Ben Johnson and probably smarter Ben Johnson, even though he's losing out on a $5 million payday, uh, which is very hard. Again, Ben Johnson's doing what I just talked about. He needs to get better at his job. He failed. I don't, we don't really know if it's Ben Johnson or if it's Campbell. Campbell takes the brunt of it because he's a big, strong guy. And no one's going to cross him. Who made those fourth down calls? Idiotic fourth down calls. Could have been Ben Johnson. And he, maybe he recognizes I need to get better. I need to achieve something first. And if that's the case, I love it. Uh, how would I redesign team defense scoring in seasonal? Systems broken. IDP only. Get rid of defenses. Get rid of kickers. Easy peasy. It's the easiest thing ever. Add one to three roster spots, uh, starting lineup spots for defensive play, individual defensive players. Just draft the defense player. One defensive lineman, one linebacker, one defensive back. It's not hard. It's just not that hard. You know? Um, my Taylor Swift conspiracy theory. Oh, the law of 13. 49ers, 9 plus 4 equals 13. Super Bowl 58, 5 plus 8 equals 13. She'll be in Japan night before the Super Bowl, 13-hour plane ride, right? Bad, all the 13 rules of 13. That's her favorite number, her go-to. By the way, I, I thought uh, some people were bringing this up. Colin Cowherd, I actually, I think, brought this up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, the amount of people that get tilted over Taylor Swift taking over the NFL. NFL wants her. She was on screen 25 seconds, 25 seconds out of a three hour plus broadcast. 
and you some of you fucks cannot get over yourself for 25 seconds they show the fucking hamburglar more than they showed her absolute crazy there are fans in the stands all over that had more than 25 seconds of airtime randos that we don't even pay attention to because we don't care that the Taylor Swift angst is inside of you and it's, it's shameful and pathetic. Like, again, I'm not saying for you to care, who cares, who gives a shit. All of us need to worry more about ourselves. And I don't mean be selfish. I mean, really worry about ourselves, our mental health, our physical health, just be better people. Just do that. Would love to hear my Bill Belichick take for 2024. I already said that coaching hires so far. I already did that dynasty offseason strategy to buy low. Get those second, third, fourth stringers that are going to be in play. The problem is this offseason with the draft class and the immense amount of cap space across the league and amount of free agents at running back, receiver, and quarterback, whew, this is a very hard one to do that to. Very, very, very difficult to do that. So don't, if a guy like me comes knocking, don't go selling off um, Israel Abanakanda, guy I'm very interested in, right? Very interested. I love Brees Hall. Everybody loves Brees Hall, but give me some Abanakanda for almost nothing. I'm interested. If you can get a Devon Achan, great. You know, you get somebody like that. Um, you know, the buy low candidates, you know, see who ends up in different places. I wouldn't overpay for a Tajay Spears because I think they'll bring in another back. I wouldn't overpay for Zamir White because I think they may bring in another back. So I guess be careful. <laughs> Could I? Oh, and then the NFFC. Holy shit. I didn't even get a chance to talk about the NFFC controversy today. They are so lucky. So lucky that the NFL playoffs happened. Because like everybody just kind of started railing on the Ravens and Matt Campbell or Dan Campbell. I keep saying Matt Campbell, Dan Campbell. And they kind of forgot. So national fantasy football championships, long time, high stakes community of football and baseball leagues. And so what happened over the weekend in a playoff contest is one of their guys were caught red handed cheating. He switched the lineup for suppose the rumors allegedly say that, this is one of the competitors was his cousin that may or may not be true. We don't know, but this person that used to work for them, he was fired sight unseen. He was their number three in charge though. He was a guy that was on the Sirius XM airwaves and that's a big deal. You can't have that kind of stuff. You can't be somebody in the industry. That's what I really wish that our, the, the industry and Sirius takes it. That's why I love Sirius XM because they take it seriously and they punted him into the sun and rightfully so. And they may lose their show for it. Quite frankly, I don't know what's going to happen. And I, but you can't, you can't be a leader and do that. Can't do it. You can't take on the responsibility of bringing information to a massive amount of people and be cheating your asshole off on the side. That's fucked up. I love Greg Ambrosius and Tom Kessnick. Tom does not like me. I don't know why he does not like me, but I'm not the kind of person that you have to like me for me to like you. I like Tom. I like everything they've built and done. 
I respect those two guys, and I'm sure in the safety and protection of my money over there, and I will continue to play there, as I stated before. I did not like the, you know, Greg came out with the, uh, he tried to defend the gentleman who allegedly did this and was fired immediately. And he, he said, we are positive that this is the only infraction. Well, no fucking way was that the only infraction. Anybody with a half working brain knew that. So that was cringy. And he is since he got caught. I mean, they all got caught. There's dozens, allegedly dozens of other infractions from the same two guys, the, the employee and that one particular account. Right. And that's just the bummer. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happens to people because I love, I like the national fantasy football championship, national fantasy baseball championship. And I play in them every year, but something did happen in that environment. We've had guys that worked with us at fantasyguru.com that they're all gung-ho about NFFC, NFBC, and I love it. Great. But it, it, like, I don't know if, have any of you had a friend or relative that got, maybe it's yourself. Let's be honest. You got overtaken by politics, maybe around 2020 somewhere around there conspiracy and it just derails everything else in your existence. It's a cult like thing. It has nothing to do with politics or and the cults. It doesn't, they base it on religion, but it's not really has nothing to do with religion. It's about, and that's what I feel like a certain segment. They, you've got these guys that go, on wild, angry tangents against the rest of the industry because they don't play enough NFBC or NFFC or whatever. And I just think that when you build that kind of culture, it's the one thing I would like them to see get under control. You, you endorse that kind of culture and that just uproarious, angry, just fervent, Competing nature that's not really, a, it's not a competition when you've got to bash and destroy others, right? That's not a competition anymore. Competition, competitors just go in, punch their ticket, get in the game and win. That's what they do. They don't fucking talk about it. They'll talk shit after, not before. But if you control that environment, maybe the employees, maybe people, you know, because what happens is it works on both sides. From a business side, I get what they've done. They've created this thing. So every year I tell you fantasy baseball market is way down, and it is. And then somebody yells at me, the NFBC is up. And it's like, yeah, it's not up in the amount of players. It's up in the amount of teams and leagues because they buy so many. They, the same 200 people, just buy so many fucking leagues. People that should not be spending that kind of money spend just ridiculous amounts of currency with more and more and more and more and more and more leagues. And then when they win one or two, then they boast about it, put it in their Twitter byline. Okay. I mean, everyone's entitled to do what they want to do. And I, I'm not condemning anybody for that. I'm just saying that I think I believe that it's it's that kind of climate where even amongst each other, they're so competitive 
to be in that Hall of Fame, to be on the top of the leaderboard, that now all of a sudden they are willing to risk their entire lives. And this gentleman, I know this gentleman who allegedly switched the lineup and I, he threw his life away. And as Greg pointed out, and Greg and Tom, this is why they're such good guys is that they care about this guy. Of course they should. That's their friend and they've worked with him a long time. It's no different. I had a friend, my good friend, Cookie, I won't give his real name, but I had a production company back in the late 90s, early 2000s called Cookie and the Man. And we would just write music and screenplays and short stories and all kinds of like skits, like improv. We used to do all kinds of stuff. We would just get drunk and get high and write, come up with content. That's what we would do. And he got, went off to school and got into some really heavy drugs and um, heroin. It was heroin. And I was there when his parents went out of town. He came back. He needed help. He reached out. I watched him detox. I sat there with him. He just didn't have control of his bodily functions. Literally looked like he was dead. White as a ghost. I've never seen a human being like this. And like diarrhea, vomit everywhere. We had put newspapers down all over his upstairs, a split level home, his parents' house. And my God, it was the worst scene I've ever seen. And it was the body needing these drugs. And it's the worst thing to ever happen. And that's, it's not dissimilar to what happened with this guy. You get so competitive, so angry, so upset, so into it, that it's the only thing in life that you have to cheat and throw everything your family and you have worked so hard for away in order to get a few extra bucks in order to feel that winning feeling. And that's the way to live. Uh, I think if you put that same energy, the same energy into just competing, that's all you have to do. Put that same energy into the competition part of it and to working hard to compete, you'd be better off. And the results will follow. The results will be there. That's where this whole thing went wrong. I hope it pulls through. I, I believe it, it. everything looks good right now. I think the NFC, they have independent federal people looking into all, just a, there will be a report at the end of it, the conclusion. They just went out and hired a good friend of mine, Jeff Stein, a guy I've known a long time, a tremendous hire. You want to talk about safety and security great idea man I, I i love it i just wonder what the bottom i hope everybody is not in danger of losing gigs over there and i i don't think they should be that's why i've said i think we have to do my job i i've already just so i'll be honest i've heard through the grapevine they're not happy with me talking about this i, I but i'm sorry gentlemen i'm sorry guys i'm very sorry i love you I respect you, but users have to know the truth. They have to. Our industry ceases to exist if we don't tell people what's happening. And we have to talk about it. We don't have to go for your heads. We don't have to cancel. And that's not what I did at all. A lot of people did. They were canceling, trying to cancel Greg and Tom and the whole thing and all this. I'd never for a minute stood for that. I said, I will be spending my money there as I always do. And that's what it is. But we have to talk about it. We have to get better as a result.
We cannot have anybody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Mother fucking Teresa. We cannot have a person that has access to changing a fucking lineup. That needs to be no chance, no access, zero. No backdoor, no porthole, no system overwrite, no punch code or pin code, none of that. Users enter it and that's it. You shouldn't be able to see it. What do you need? If you're the owners of the NFFC, what do you need to see a lineup for? What do you need to see anything for? Let the results play out with your software. You know? That's all. That's what you have to do. So, you know, hopefully everything pulls through over there. I will keep everybody abreast of it as I learn more. I'm not going to shy away from the topic. I... Like I've said, I've handled these controversies so many times in my career. I talked about it earlier in the show that I'm not scared of anybody. You know, there have people threatening legal, this and that. Go ahead. You're not doing shit to me. You're not going to do shit. Right? You're just not. Stop. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell my people. If you listen to my podcast and you listen to the radio shows, I'm going to tell you the truth. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. You may not agree. What do we say on the show all the time? That's what we say at the end, isn't it? And it's the truth. Speaking of which, I think that's good for today. So uh, there you go. Yeah, I went way over on the program today. Hopefully I got to as many as I can. I will save the rest in the vault. We'll do plenty of Ask Man's Anything on the XM show, on this podcast. Remember, 40 BM, think bowel movement, BM. That's 40% off any package any membership level of fantasyguru.com that's courtesy of ted schuster because he lost his bubble mower uh bets he did not go four and oh only went two and two uh two weeks ago so thus we get 40 percent off that's rest of season football football off season super bowl betting guide nba bets by the way nba is just everything you get dfs and betting and the seasonal rankings that we do and you get the college basketball DFS and college basketball betting every fucking day. If you get the MVP package, that includes everything from that includes the uh, um, hockey. All right. That includes uh, uh, hockey. It includes the um, PGA, MMA, soccer, auto racing, NASCAR season. My guy, Sean Engel. Shout out to Sean, who is, uh, I think we have a new podcast coming out soon. Sean Engel and Rich Mileto, uh firing that up for the NASCAR season. V- very excited about that. Going to be part of our uh, Elite Plus package over at FantasyGuru.com. Data, shows, content, you know, our app, everything is over there. And 40% off with 40BM code. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. And reach out at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, threads, and on Blue Sky. You may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing that you heard on today's show. What else is new, folks? You, you're allowed to do that. We're allowed to be disagreeable. We're allowed to have different opinions. Why? Because it's one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!